0: This is The Defenders Podcast on TV Podcast Industries. We're back talking about Echo Season 1, Episode 4, Taloa. After your father died,
1: I tried to get out. Fisk threatened to kill me if I did. So I came back here and
0: did his dirty work.
1: And I... Don't want you to become me.
0: Welcome back, fellow defenders, to the Defenders Podcast on TV Podcast Industries. We're back talking about Echo Season One, Episode Four, the penultimate episode.
2: Taloa, I'm one of your hosts, Derek. Hello there, fellow defenders. I am one
1: of your other hosts, John. And stop! It's Hammer Time! I'm Chris. Welcome back, Chris! Thank yeah. you, hang, on, hang on, thank you, thank you. I was struck like like a hammer in the night. <laughs> or I was just like a fist father in the night. Ooh. Ooh too soon. Yeah. Too soon. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> too soon. It's only been 30 years, I think, since, uh, yeah, exactly. since that happened. Uh, but of course, yes, we're going to be talking spoiler-filled uh, on this episode of Echo. And I guess spoiler-filled on Daredevil Season 1. Yeah. In case you haven't seen that, that's basically... Um, the entire story behind season one, what happened to Wilson Fisk's father. And it's all uh, all out on the table here in this episode of Echo. Yeah, it was a nice little (laughs) touchback,
2: to be honest. Yeah, Yeah. it was. Different hammer, though. Oh, yes, it was, yes. Continuity. The the (laughs) ball-peen hammer in this episode. Multiverse, multiverse. (laughs) So
1: the actors stay the same the hammers change that's it that's the only thing different
0: (laughs) you can see uh, you can see the watcher coming in going what if the hammer that Wilson Fisk used was different (laughs) endless possibilities infinite universes (laughs) great stuff yes we are on to the penultimate episode of Echo on the on TV Podcast Industries if you haven't subscribed to the podcast there's loads and loads of other podcasts to listen to uh, from us over the last 10 years they're all available on our website at tvpodcastindustry.com pop it over there Subscribe to whichever podcast uh, feeds that you like or even whichever podcast you like. There's one there just for the Defenders and all the Marvel stuff and one for all of our movies and one for Star Wars The Bad Batch, which will be returning uh, later in February as well. Um, You can also send in feedback to us on any of the shows that we're covering by emailing us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com or popping on over to our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash tvpodcastindustries. We have a spoiler post up there for every episode of every show uh, that we're covering. Uh, You can pop in your thoughts in there and chat with some of our other fellow defenders as well.
2: Yes, so plenty of uh, listening for your ears, fellow defenders, and to get yourselves uh, maybe ready for Daredevil uh and his return mm-hmm. of course yes uh, we have all three seasons of the marvel netflix daredevil show we do. Uh, and of course we as always love to get your feedback thoughts theories observations comments you name it uh on all things to do with uh the shows that we cover mm-hmm. but shall we get into our spoiler filled discussion derek uh what are some of the episode details here
0: Well, of course, Echo was created by David Mack and Joe Cruzada. The head writer for this show is Marion Dyer. This episode was written by Ken Christensen and Josh Feldman, along with Chantal M. Wells. We mentioned Ken and Josh earlier on in the season as they wrote other episodes. Uh, Chantal wrote an episode of the excellent series Yellow Jackets as well.
2: Ah, very good, yes. Yeah, yeah.
0: Really enjoyed that show. Yeah. Right. That was good. Yeah. Returning in 2025 because of the, uh, because the writer's strike has been delayed a bit, but, uh, gonna be away for a full year, but looking forward
2: to the third season of Yellow Jackets. Yeah, absolutely. Mm, Really Really enjoyed that. Um, Still don't know what's going on with the spiritual stuff, but yes, Mm. it's good. Yeah, we'll see that. That's the mystery, right?
0: Um, This episode, again, was directed by Sydney Freeland, who directed the first two episodes as well. So uh, back again for the final two episodes. So yeah, really enjoyed having her as the overarching director for the series.
1: Yeah, I agree on that. Definitely a particular style that she's kind of brought to it. Exactly. The majority of it.
0: Yeah, yeah. And John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis
2: for Echo, episode 4? To lower. Sure. In 2008, a young Maya is verbally abused by an ice cream vendor who fails to understand her request for ice cream. An enraged Fisk retaliates by brutally attacking the vendor. Although Maya witnesses this, she kicks the vendor as payback. Several years later, Maya is about to begin work for Fisk when he offers a final lesson. Only the two of them can trust one another. While they finish their shared dinner, Fisk's ASL translator is dismissed and brutally killed. Back in Tamaha at Maya's family home, Fisk and his men surround Maya, but Fisk gives Maya an augmented reality contact lens so that they can communicate without an ASL interpreter. Fisk tells her that he will give her his criminal empire if she agrees to return with him to New York, giving her one day to decide. Maya shares this with Henry, who advises against it, but she suddenly receives a vision of her ancestors. At the Choctaw Powwow Festival grounds, Chula receives the same vision. Henry takes Maya to see Chula, who tells her that their ancestors help them when they need it most, recounting a vision that she received when giving birth to Maya's mother, Taloa. Maya leaves in anger, feeling abandoned by Chula as a child. Tula later begins to work on a special garment. That night, Maya goes to Fisk's hotel with the intention of killing him. Revealing to her that he killed his father after seeing him beat his mother, Fisk tells her to make good on her threat if that is what she needs, but she rejects this. He repeats his invitation to join her in New York, but is enraged to find out the next morning that Maya has left Tamaha without him. Yes, I thought that uh, jet plane was a goner. It was going to just smash through those flimsy, uh, <laughs> th- those flimsy partitions that you get in, uh, in planes. And was- it was a bad episode for the service industry, whether you're an ice cream vendor or an ASL interpreter. Well, yeah. Um, I have to say, I don't think it was intentionally supposed to be funny, but. It was just Which the, the murder of the of ASL God. interpreter. I don't think it was, so no. no. Uh, sorry, translator. Uh-huh. Um, but just the fact that they were still eating away and because uh, Maya c- can't hear uh, what's going on, mm. um, just, you know, as the a- ASL translator is, is shepherded down a corridor to... Mm. Sort of a load of plastic. <laughs> I think she must have known quite soon. And exactly,
1: that- <laughs> I was like, she was walking towards it, and I'm like, ah, honey. Oh, she does on. know.
2: Oh,
0: she does know. That is that is our five point number one. We are going to talk about the fist flashback, really, as as part number one. So let's talk about uh, the translator uh, and the, and her murder uh, there as she gets ushered <laughs> at the door. I think she does know. She she meets the security guard at the door, and it seems like that's very unusual for her to meet him right there. She sees it, and she does start to cry out. Oh no, she um, does exactly. Definitely. She knows what's going to happen to her. Uh, she's probably seen it happen a
2: lot. And you hear the comical thought. So I, I, yeah. I, I found it slightly... <laughs> amu- I mean, I know it's a bit dark, but I kind of unintentionally found it slightly hilarious. Mm. Um,
0: I think it was, uh, for me, it was an uncomfortable amusement. It was like, whoa, okay, yeah, didn't no, expect exactly. that to happen. Because it's not a comical thud. That's her brains
2: being splattered on the plastic oh, well, okay, behind her head. That, yeah. yeah, maybe it was That's, that. Uh, it's um, a pretty brutal way to go. Um, and it was also just, you know, it, it was the absurdity of them having their meal. It, it is that mm-hmm. kind of uh, absurd situation that happens when uh, effectively mob bosses need to take someone out well, who, exactly. who um, you know, they don't trust mm-hmm. you see that's it having to buy in or, or pay in for external assistance the fisk uh, you know has to sort of tie up the loose ends yeah but that's
0: it i suppose that's, that's kind of the interesting thing and it's kind of it's been a joke in lots of comedy shows i suppose about this this idea that you know your supervillain in in james bond movie for example will tell his henchmen to go and take care of someone and they have this ongoing joke in comedy shows about well, what does take care of them mean? Does it mean take them out to dinner? Or does it mean like shoot them? You know, <laughs> Pulp Fiction uh, also made that uh, as a bit of a, a bit of a bit as well. So um when you have an ASL interpreter who has to interpret all of your missions to one of your effectively <laughs> exactly. key lieutenants in, in Maya, she seems to have a pretty high role in, in his organization. Um, they're finding out a lot of information about uh, your operation and everything that's going on, right? So, um yeah, I think... That's why Wilson had made this uh, made this choice to, to well, kill that's her. it. Yeah. and
2: certainly because it was the conversation of you know his final lesson that we can only trust each other. I guess it sort mm-hmm. of connects into that, but it's also I guess the other final lesson is always take care of loose ends. Yes, um, you know. So, um,
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and the other interesting thing here, because it was twenty twenty one, which you mentioned, mm-hmm. is that obviously uh, Maya and Fisk were not uh snapped out of existence. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They survived. Yeah. So he could have really cleaned up in New York, actually. I believe he did. It was always the thing that bugged me from the, the movies where all of a sudden, yes, I know half the population was snapped out of existence, but mm-hmm. there was, you know, sort of shanty boatville round by the Statue of Liberty and so on. At least Fisk managed to keep uh, you know, his his head about him whilst everyone else was losing it mm-hmm. because he seems quite sort of as though nothing really much has happened. That's very um, much a trait of Wilson Fisk. And, yeah, uh, yeah he could really cleaned up with yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, in New York with all the superheroes blipped away. I am kind of surprised,
0: though. Uh, now, I know not everything has to really be connected, and, and Echo's sitting slightly outside. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, it's sitting in its own little bubble, I suppose. But I am quite surprised that uh, Wilson Fisk wouldn't have made it onto Ronan's list. Um, Clint Barton... Took on the persona of Ronan and went around the world killing um, leaders of uh, of organized crime who were still alive after the blip because he lost his family. That was his mission. I'm kind of surprised that Wilson Fisk in New York as kingpin wouldn't be quite high on that list uh, for Clint Barton since he goes to New York quite often, right? Yeah. <laughs> because
1: he was remember because because Ronan did go to Fat Man Autos mm-hmm. and I obviously the whole thing that kicked off Echo, yep. the death of Maya's father. Um, like so, I'm assuming he was. He was just working his way up. Yeah, and if if it hadn't of slowed down and other things hadn't happened, yeah, he would have made his way there slowly.
0: Yeah, yeah, he was. So he was. Yeah, he probably was pretty high on the list, but didn't uh, didn't get to to finally take him so out. It was a long list, to <laughs> be fair. That's true. That's very true. Um, the other thing, really, in the flashback here is the uh, the death of the ice cream seller uh, in yeah. 2008. Um, this was a pretty brutal scene. Um, as Wilson looks on as as his niece, uh, Maya gets turned away from an ice cream. yes yeah. treated like crap because she can't speak uh, to the ice cream seller. And um, yeah, I bet she regrets not selling that ice
2: cream to her. Absolutely. Can you imagine God, if he didn't. didn't put uh, sprinkles on the ice cream or something <laughs> like that?
0: <laughs> she wanted sprinkles. Maya wanted <laughs> sprinkles. Yes, I can see it.
2: Yeah, I mean, I've... Yeah, it was brutal. Um, it felt very kingpin that mm-hmm. he would do that. Um, certainly for someone that, you know, because he doesn't have too many people, um, close to him. Yeah. Maya is one of those. I, I do like the fact that, you know, he's worried about her seeing it and then he sees that she's witnessed um his, his sort of beating of this ice cream cellar. Mm-hmm. And she comes over uh, and just kind of tries to finish him off with the two sort of uh, kicks if you to, kick to, to the body yep. as, as they walk off hand in hand, you know, with the ice cream cellar sort of pretty un- bloodied and, and bruised and down on, on the ground, yeah. you know. So I kind of like that because it, it kind of just relates to that sort of very – you know, when we get back to the present, I like the fact that Maya says, our language was always violence. Mm-hmm. Our, our language, our common language together, you know, it wasn't ASL. You know, yes. I like the fact that she says, you never thought about learning it and mm-hmm. never loved our, me enough to yeah, learn it. Our yeah. language was violence. So I kind of really enjoyed that. And it, it is that to that point, it, you know, to what extent Maya even though her father wanted something different, but, you know, taken in, mentored by Fisk, to what extent that embedded language of violence is with her, despite all the attempts, you know, yeah. of her immediate family, um, back in Tamaha, to try and maybe have some sort of breakthrough to her in Mm -hmm. some way at this moment it's mainly henry but do you know what i mean and and bonnie would if she was given the opportunity so i like how that kind of sort of frames or sort of what provides that baseline of of where maya is here Mm -hmm.
1: yeah for the flashbacks as a whole i look i really enjoyed it so the actual uh watcher in me loves these scenes Mm-hmm. The, the dry cleaner in me is like why wouldn't he just take a jacket off <laughs> he knows he's going to punch the hell out of this guy it's just like and it, it would have just been a bit more like scary where he just kind of like throws a guy on the ground takes his jacket off mm. like shows his fu- full fisk physique and then beats the crap and then puts the jacket back on that would be more but again it was just kind of like why didn't you do that
0: there's an uh, in-universe the reason Chris Oh why. Do you remember his his suit is armoured, so in case the guy oh, pulls yes. a knife on him or something like that, um it's it's his it protection his protection. Well there is that, yeah. yeah. Same, ah, guy, same yeah. guy that made the outfit for uh, for Daredevil, right?
2: Seemingly that his eyeballs a- are armored as well.
0: Yeah, it's a strange well, thing Yes.
2: Kind of. We'll- uh, <laughs> or has he now got a glass eye? Is that, that is the question.
0: Hmm.
1: We will find out. We will find out.
0: I'm sure I'm sure we will.
1: I look. I, I I enjoyed this. I enjoyed how they bring bring it all together. I enjoyed yeah. how they have tightened that connection further yeah. throughout these four episodes, but also, particularly with this episode, how yes they have shown how tied Maya is to Fisk mm-hmm. because the way it was built, say in kind of Hawkeye, was that she was a bit more of an enforcer for him. Yeah. Like, she was, like, now we are seeing, no, 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 like, he cared for her as a daughter. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Like, he, oh, you could argue this was Vanessa 2.0. Yeah. This was almost like another family member for him. It yeah. was like his wife, almost. It's his chosen yeah, family, yeah. 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 It tightens that, and again, then heightens what we can only assume is going to be, uh, from the end of this episode, a confrontation mm-hmm. between them, and it heightening it. The, 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 what's on the stakes and the emotions of that by giving us this flashback at the beginning to really hammer home. No, no, that's no, they it, Their chosen family.
0: Yes. Yes, I like your use of hammer home there, Chris. Thank you. Uh, mm-hmm. nice. uh, I, I do also like just speaking of dry cleaning. I do also like that the that what Wilson is trying to do is just get somebody else to deliver him a new jacket, uh, so that Maya doesn't find out that <laughs> he's beating the crap out of
2: the uh, ice cream cellar. <laughs> so,
1: but he, has, he had blood everywhere, everywhere else. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> he could
2: have just said it was the it was the raspberry sauce. Oh, there you go. <laughs> that could be it. Mm. every time you punch an ice cream cellar it's just raspberry sauce that comes out (laughs) (laughs) that's all all that is
0: good stuff Uh, let's go on to five point number two Uh, five point number two is uh, is Wilson Fisk at uh, Maya's home Um, I've just titled this one ASL in AOR because I like uh, acronyms so so American Sign Language in Augmented Reality uh, a new invention of Wilson Fisk because as Maya calls out um, he's so lazy he won't learn ASL himself
2: (laughs) yeah I thought the actual this idea of uh, the contacts, Mm -hmm. this augmented uh, reality. I thought it was really cool. The only thing that took me slightly out of it was how on earth he was able to put that contact lens in to Demaya's eyeball, and mm-hmm. um, so effortlessly while she was struggling and yeah. being held down by you know his 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 um, security. It's not like um, an, an earpiece like... into someone's ear. It's like a contact lens <laughs> into somebody else's eye. It's like he could have like completely missed and just poked her eye out or something. Yeah. Uh, but...
1: Eye for an eye, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. I thought exactly. That, I kind
0: of thought that's what he was doing because it looked so forceful with like three of his men holding her down. While he's pushing into her eyeball, you know, you yeah. kind of think he's he's using that violence. Like I'm a, I'm a I'm a glasses wearer. I went to Specsavers to get myself a pair of <laughs> contact lenses, and they don't let you go until you've fitted them uh, in front of the in front of the person. There, I went 15 times <laughs> to get lessons to put in contact lenses, and could never do it. I eventually gave up, and I think they were happy about it. They'd seen me so often in there.
2: If Derek was oh, a baby now, would he be able to learn to walk? <laughs> no, absolutely we just not. don't know. <laughs> It is hilarious. Yeah. Um that's terrible. But it is. It, it, it's you know putting your finger so close to your mm-hmm. eyeball is so weird. I mean, so you know, hats off to Fisk. Bulky, seemingly unagile, yeah. but he's as fleet-footed as as swift-handed as a pickpocketer. You know, he, he's oh. got skills there to be able to chuck that um, contact lens into Meyer's eyeball mm-hmm. uh, so deftly. Absolutely. You know, absolutely
1: but it is for me really cool yeah. because for me it's that's giving her now a cool piece of tech for the future of epic.
0: Mm.
2: Yeah. That is true. But she
1: doesn't yeah. she doesn't like now she has this contact lens so that she doesn't she can still hear then and fully understand people yeah. going forward.
2: And that's what it seems like, yeah. Exactly. And ASL translators throughout the world can breathe a huge sigh of relief <laughs> that yeah, they, like, they won't need uh, to be um sort of hired in by fists. Yeah and you know. They can sleep well at night. Yeah. The highest
1: mortality <laughs> Yeah,
2: and oil rig workers. Oil rig workers. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be
1: we've noticed a huge uh, spike in deaths of ASL. It's so weird.
0: They seem to be going it's... down every year, particularly in New York. <laughs> <What's> that? <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's that's good. So he is trying to save lives. Uh, this is Wilson Fisk's way of saving lives, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh and I really, I did really like it though. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then when they do, they have again, they have the, the sit down mm-hmm. again, the whole aspect of the, where they're sitting down for this dinner. Yeah. You're like, Oh, it's going to boil over. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. your way, the tension. Why I, it's why I love Vincent, not your own. So happy he is back as Kingpin. Absolutely confirmed. He is the MCU Kingpin. Mm-hmm. That is what we're getting. He is that commanding presence mm-hmm. but also very much that sinister it's it's like a, 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 a coiled snake yeah. almost yeah. like you know it's going to rear up and uh, like an attack mm-hmm. but you don't know when it could be now it could be never exactly Um, and it's just that kind of he, he, he exudes tension in this but behind a veneer of kind of high society and class and things like that mm-hmm. so he is kind of she pours down the wine, and it's like a Chateau de Pouf, like 52, and you're like... I, I think that's okay, Chateau Neuf
2: so, de Pap, is that what? Yeah, I, I going think for, it was, was a, a, a Chateau Le <laughs> La Chateau Le I think, yeah. Uh, not certainly not poof. <laughs> I think
1: there could be a poof <laughs> in the MCU. Was that the your Pulpco's question? John?
0: <laughs> no. Yeah, uh, no. <laughs> okay, great. We didn't do an alcohol Pulpco's <laughs> question. It's a shocker, shocker. Okay, good, good. I uh, didn't spoil uh, that one. Uh, yeah, but yeah. her pour, like, pouring away the wine, I was kind of offended by that too. <laughs> but I think she was like, "Look, if you're coming here to impress me, you are not going to impress me." So yeah, I'm I like, thought it
1: was more poison.
2: She was worried that he was gonna that he was gonna poison her. Yeah, it could have been. Yeah, I mean, I took it as it was a little bit of defiance to say, you know, don't try and sort of, sort of, uh, soft touch me with all these gifts because you know he had her favorite cookies and all this kind of stuff, and so it was like her little bit of defiance to say, look. You can drink out of a can. Yeah, here's a can yeah. of Here's a can of wine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I do, I do
0: like the, uh, the kind of look on, um, on Alacra Cox's face when he says to her, you know, are these your, f- I brought your favorite cookies. And there is that look on her face that kind of goes, I'll still keep the cookies <laughs> after you leave, yeah. you know? I'll pour the wine away, but I'm still going to keep those cookies. Though. Yeah, exactly. Um, but the big offer from, from Wilson Fisk here is, is literally what she had wanted in episode one. He's saying to her, you will, Get everything. Yeah, he's if you come back to New York,
1: you,
2: you
0: get the empire. You become queenpin. Yeah. Um, which I just thought was quite interesting. So he knows exactly what she wants um, from him after the attack that she that she did on uh, on the uh,
2: ammunition. Yeah, so, it was quite. Uh, yeah, know. it was a surprise. This proposition, you know, to hand his empire to to her Mm -hmm. um in a sense or maybe he's just taking a back seat you know ultimately he's not gonna uh stop the cash flows coming in but you know it's quite a surprising proposition but maybe that's you know, I I think in the end that the shot to the face, he could understand that from his own perspective, you know, mm. so he didn't as such take offence to it weirdly. Yeah. Um you oh, know. I'd definitely yeah. take offence to a shot no, to so the face. Was, so would I, <laughs> but yeah. I mean that's that's the kind of mixed up sort of uh crazy reasoning you know mm-hmm. he that's ultimately what he has taught her to do would yeah. be to take out your threats and in, in that moment so mm-hmm. he was her threat After he knows what he did mm-hmm. although he does you know again that's still her working assumption he hasn't admitted to killing her father that's true Um, yeah. so in that wider sense it could still have been a play by um ronan by hawkeye yeah. mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and maybe that's where her doubt is still. Mm-hmm. Was she used and manipulated
1: by Hawkeye? Yeah, maybe. I am very interested to see how this series ends and is she going to be Queenpin at the end? Mm. Because we do know that there is a female lead of the Ten Rings from like, Shang-Chi. Mm-hmm. Shang-Chi's sister has taken over the Ten Rings. That's yeah. what, so I was like, ooh, I, is this going to be Maya sitting down at the end of this series? Mm. Like on the throne of Kingpin's empire. Mm-hmm. And maybe born again is like Kingpin having to be born again and rebuilt his empire, blah 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 blah. Right. But in the meantime, is it going to be like I mean, we are getting a Ten Rings series apparently. No. Um that that was that's in the works. Right. Um or a film. But I think it's a series. Uh, some uh, special presentation. I think it was
0: it, it just at the end of Shang-Chi, it said the Ten Rings will return, wasn't it? So, yeah. um, so we will see the Ten Rings again, but I don't know whether anything's on the schedule right now, which has moved was so many times.
1: Yeah, uh, we, It was in yeah. the schedule. I remember seeing a Ten Rings feature, uh, not a film, but it was like a presentation, i.e., okay. like a, one of the, 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 the Disney Plus type shows. But I was like, oh, cool. They're going to kind of put them up against each other. Um, and I think it, it it's an interesting proposition. Mm. Like, obviously, towards the end of this, this episode, we, that is not the case, yeah. probably. Yeah. But uh, I think it would be something interesting to see.
0: Yeah, it would be interesting. And the the fact, again, that he is offering exactly what she wanted was was quite an interesting point on this. Uh, On on point number three, so he gives her a date to decide, and she goes off and discusses it with Henry, who's said he's now working directly with her, as we saw at the end of episode three. So uh, she goes off and and discusses it with him, and this is where she has her vision, um, again, of... Uh, of her ancestors Uh this time seems much more powerful it's it seems like a massive warning from the ancestors do not go and join visc and lose yourself again almost is what it seemed like
2: yeah and i mean that echoes through as well from from henry even in the present so i kind of like this how even those people not connected um you know to through this ancestral line that that chula has and Mm -hmm. so on and their family are effectively saying the same thing um and i i think this this whole like shared vision uh between uh maya and chula Mm -hmm. was, was really really good because it's the driving force that brings them together. So it's kind of, you know, the the spirits or uh, the ancestors, that power uh, sort of working in mysterious ways to actually bring, um, you know, grandmother, granddaughter together for yeah. the first time. And I just loved how just really tense this was at that sort of emotional level Mm -hmm. you know um in the sense of you have chula effectively explaining to 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 maya um about her ancestors of Chaffa loak and tuklo and the ability uh to know when they are needed and this echoing of generations uh reaching out um when when they're needed most by people in the presence but it's also then just the the flip side of that of in a sense almost feeling like this ancestral link is mm-hmm. broken uh through this um abandonment that chula did of maya because yeah. of her father you know as maya says i was a child you disowned me me you chose yourself so mm-hmm. it almost goes against the teachings that uh chula ha- has has said it does um, and yeah. you know and, and, I, and i like this i because, really enjoyed it yeah, yeah. because it, it it's just good writing isn't it
0: yeah. It's someone that's yeah. telling you this is how you should live your life and then you kind of reflect the mirror back at them and you go but hang on a second you left me behind you're the one that chose not to come and visit me because of my father had nothing to do with with uh, with Maya and what she was, uh, she was all about. It had everything to do with William. Um, she had the opportunity, Shula, over the years to reach out to Maya and never did that, uh, blaming her for what her father did.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I have to say, uh, Tantu Cardinal, I just love her face. I mm-hmm. think the expressions just. In any sense, how she was signing and mouthing to, uh, to, to Maya, mm-hmm. but also, you know, that emotion when Maya has left angry at Chula for abandoning her. Um, you know, and she's there at the seamstress's mannequin. And um, I just thought that was really a great kind of sort of ending to that scene where, yeah. you know, she realizes what she's done because of her father and, you know, that abandonment mm-hmm. um in a sense. So I thought that was really, really uh kind of good. And I as I say, I think Tantu Cardinal just so so good in this scene yeah, well both really they both are but i mean yeah. um i don't know it's something about you know the lines on the face mm-hmm. it's just the expressiveness of it without a doubt. Um, and i think in particular uh where she kind of breaks down at her sort of mannequin where she does yeah. her seeming mm-hmm. a- a- and so on is it seeming tailoring <laughs> tail- maybe it's something like that seem dressing dressing yeah. For, the, for the band.
0: I, I, know, I know, Chris, you would mentioned earlier on in the season, at the start of the season, that we've never really watched that many shows that, are, that feature characters using ASL all the time in, mm. in different situations. And this is a, a true representation of that in in the show, where you have two characters using ASL in a really dramatic scene. And it's a yes. really weighty scene, a really important scene. Um, Sheila is supposed to have taken on board what uh, Scully had said to her in the last episode about listening, not not just speaking, not telling someone what you want them to do, and it doesn't seem like at the beginning of this scene, at least, that Chula's taken that on board. Maya comes to her for help, and she tells her the story of her ancestors. She tells her the story of how, uh, of how her mother um, was born. But it's only when she gets to the end of that and tells Maya who she should be, and then Maya does react. Maya does uh, come back to her and tell her, you know, I felt lost, I felt abandoned. Those were yeah. your choices. And then she listens to the advice. She listens to what Scully had said to her, and she hears it. Yes. You can tell from uh, from the reaction she has with the mannequin, as you, as you say, John. So um it's a very weighty scene to only be told through ASL subtitles and the faces of both actors uh, in, yeah. in the parts.
1: I, I love Alec Cox in this because of the emotions that she can deliver. Mm-hmm. And you can also see when she is, it's almost her version of shouting which is when she is delivering the lines mm-hmm. she is signing yeah. but then also almost mouthing and kind of breath it's a breathly a breathy shouting is the way i kind of describe breath. it yeah, yeah yeah you can hear her almost punctuate certain words they mm-hmm. they're not fully formed sentences it's just certain words are kind of breathed out exactly and it's her version of screaming and shouting yeah while she signs the word
0: mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: and it really just gives this. It, it's a strong. I think it. It, it you use the word weighty, but it's a strong, weighty scene. But almost mm-hmm. just, it. It just. I don't know how to describe it. Like you're almost sucked in further to the scene because you are reading the subtitles, yep. hearing this almost quiet ASMR breath <laughs> scream of certain words <laughs> right. and then as you said both of the the, act- the actors are so expressive uh-huh. that you can yeah. feel this emotion coming through yeah um and I I loved it the the kickback on the words um kind of and the pushback on how on the, the like from um, Maya is in my opinion, a hundred percent right. Mm-hmm. When you yeah. actually do kind of get down, you're like, oh yeah, no, no, she's right to be angry. Absolutely. She was um, an eight
0: year old kid and her grandmother yeah. abandoned her, you know, uh, effectively.
1: I did, I, I did want to celebrate about echoing through the generations. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we called it. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, that's where they got the name from. Exactly. Um, yeah. We, we very much an episode two. We literally word for word. Mm-hmm. We had said that on this podcast. Yeah. Um, and so it's good to see that they are doing that. Their powers and yeah. skills throughout the generations are echoing yeah. down, flowing into Maya.
2: Yeah. The only defense I'll give to Chula on this mm-hmm. is that you do get this talk of Maya's father saying how Chula destroyed the family. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you do then wonder to what extent, at least until his death, I'm not saying they poisoned her against their grandmother, but, you know, at the start of this, um, series, we see, um, her saying, you know, you're a bad egg, bad influence, yeah. the Lopez brothers and so on. So, Chula, yeah. you want, yeah, Chula to, um, to William. Mm-hmm. So I wonder just to what extent, um, you know, that separation as well was brought yeah. about by, um, william oh, oh, as absolutely. much as chula yeah. just in you know as another factor in here yeah um, and yeah. no, but I... ultimately you know am not saying you're wrong. i'm not saying you're wrong it's just another aspect to it it is but the balancing factor there is bonnie who has been able
0: to at least reach out to yes. Maya for the that entire is... 20 years regardless of whether maya responds to it all she's been able to do it uh chula could have posted a letter. She is a postmaster, so she would have been able to post well, a letter true. to her uh, if Bonnie's able to get in contact with her. No, I uh, ag- Should agreed. have been able to get in contact with her. But you're right. There's, there's, of course, this is ha- this happens in families all the time. They f- yeah. they fall apart. They lose contact with each other. But. Maya's point is, if you wanted to, you could have, effectively. Absolutely. And it should have been on the grandmother, not the eight-year-old girl, <laughs> to keep in contact. Exactly. Um, so, I was just
2: saying. Yeah, there's the other, there's the other side of it. As well.
0: yeah. uh, what did you think of the actual um, ancestor tale of this episode? Each episode that we've seen so far, we've had them opening up with the ancestors that are talking about the episodes called, uh, Taloa, uh, named after Maya's mother, who we see is born, um, with the help of the ancestors because, um, Chula would have lost her as a child in a, in a regular hospital. She's taken out, uh, into the woods with the rest of the Choctaw nation helping her to give birth to Taloa. And with the help of the ancestors, she's born. What did, you, what did you think of that scene? I thought it was pretty beautifully shot.
2: Yeah. I, I liked how it was kind of, you know it was almost like that reconnect with nature and I loved mm. how when um uh chula um is is looking sideways into the forest and it becomes the cave yes I kind of like that kind of connection there yeah but yeah I mean it is different because actually I don't think it's fully realized this this ancestral element yet I mean at the moment we just know that you know what Maya is seeing is what Chula saw on the night of uh, Taloa's birth, you mm-hmm. know? So we don't have that opening ancestral flashback like we've had in the others. We yeah. do get that flashback uh, of Fisk and Maya. So I-, I think there's still. We still need to understand Taloa here mm-hmm. um, as well, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, for me, I think the way you said it, it was beautifully shot. Mm-hmm. I feel. It, it it's a bit of a tough one because i'm i don't fully i i suppose they 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 culminated in a way that i'm like okay it makes sense mm-hmm. it, it's in you know, the 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 person's time or the, the 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 ultimate time of need and i suppose because Talua was dying and so was the the child that is why the the, the spirits passed on and gave her that additional strength yeah um it was just all the others have been about something a bit more weighty. <laughs> I suppose well, that yeah. carrying on the bloodline.
0: It's pretty weighty for Maya. She wouldn't exist if uh if yes, hadn't uh, given birth yeah. to It's so. uh, <laughs> it Pretty weighty for them just, as a family. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. like
1: if it was just I, I I suppose for me it was just more like she was shot or something, mm. and then having the baby and things like that, then I think it was just but I think it yeah. it it was beautifully shot the scene where she is giving birth Mm -hmm. in labor against the the tree while it is pouring rain yeah and it was slowed slightly not it wasn't like a Mm 0.5 slowdown but it was definitely a 0.75 or something like it was just taken down like just slightly so you could see this other actress portraying chula uh, like in kind of agony and then the the what would you would assume then is the kind of the ecstasy of the painkiller almost kicking in? <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> That's like, ah, there's the special help from my ancestors, from the
0: ancestors. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. I, I, what I also kind of like about it though is that you would think this would be the the story of the birth of Maya. That would be the traditional way to do this story. That it was Tolu'a that was having problems giving birth to Maya, and Maya was born under the. The help of the ancestors. And that's why she's so special. But it's not that. Yes. It's that it's Chula getting the guidance through the ancestors giving birth to, to Lua. Um, I, I just thought that was interesting that it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't the, you were born in these amazing circumstances and now you're a Jedi master. You know, it's not that story. Yeah. It's that this, this is what happened to me when I was young. This is how I channeled the ancestors. And because of that, your mother was born. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. So really the ancestor here. That got the, the powers is Chula, despite the name of the episode being Taloa.
1: Yeah. No, I, I think it makes sense. It, no, like you said, yeah. it's the continuation of the bloodline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's an interesting choice. Yeah. Like I said, like again, it's just like giving that. Now it does. I'm interested to see because the next episode is going to be Maya. It's called yeah. Maya. Yeah. Like yeah. That is, it's called but, Maya. Yeah. It's the, the next, so will they, maybe they will show that there was another issue and the culmination is this child of...
0: Can you imagine if they did it again, if they said, uh, if they had T'Lua uh, unable to give birth to Maya, so she has to go out and have the ancestors get, help well, her give birth. And it yeah. turns out the ancestors only just help members of their family
2: give birth to their next well, that's generation. It. <laughs> that's but it. But that's why I was I saying think it's how be that. this episode was odd <laughs> because it is entitled T'Lua, yet yeah. at this moment in time, we see the ancestors coming to Ch- Chula. Um, mm-hmm. We don't know. We haven't yet seen what lower brings. It's not really in this episode. Exactly. So I'm expecting yeah. it relates to then how Maya is.
0: Yeah, I, I think they've they've kind of. Change the reasoning behind the name of the episode because Taloa is the most important person in this episode. She's the reason why Maya is on the revenge street. She is, it's the reason why Maya moved to New York. It's also the reason why Chula has separated from Maya and broken the family apart. It's all to do with Taloa. That's why the name, the episode is named that because it is about that. Most important character in all of their lives. So, uh, rather than it being just the ancestor story, but I just thought it was an interesting choice to yep. talk about, uh, Chula. Um, great stuff. There was just a, a little moment there, uh, at the end, uh, as John mentioned with, uh, with Chula looking at the, uh, mannequin, um, with something on it and, you know, making, making some kind of choice. I wonder, will this be, uh, Maya's, uh, superhero uniform or superhero outfit yeah. that, uh, that she's looking at? Uh, does she have her own, um, seamstress at home gonna make up uh maya's outfit could be yeah
1: i i'm gonna i'm gonna say like unfortunately it was ruined by pop <laughs> um literally before the show even came out because it was delayed they showed imageries at one of the say new york comic con right last year or something one of a a show, one of the major kind of shows. It was Funko Pop, and it was, they 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 showed Fisk and Maya, and Maya was in that garb. Well, now I know what is that garb, and uh, Fisk was in his white, but with something on his eye, mm. and you're like, oh. Now, now that I've seen it in live action, I'm like, okay, now like I'm understanding because it was just Maya, and I was like, the whole time I was like, wait, is this gonna be a flashback? Is her, mm. her in a guard her in her superhero uniform in a flashback, or when she was a child or something? Now, yes, I am pretty much assuming that is her ceremonial armor Mm. that will get imbued by magic that can suddenly deflect bullets. (laughs) Leather can stop bullets type of thing.
0: Maybe. Uh, She's fast enough. Uh, She can get away with them. But I hope it matches up with her her brand new leg
1: uh,
0: (laughs) that she got last week.
1: Yeah, they're, they're just slowly, it's, it is very much like Daredevil season one. They're just getting bits of the armor over time exactly. until the end. And she'll, then we'll see her at the end of the series sitting on top of a building uh-huh. in her full uniform. <laughs>
0: I love it. It's a, that's another callback to Netflix Daredevil. Um, yeah, by this exactly. show, yeah, she doesn't get her full outfit until the end of the series, the last episode of the series.
1: <laughs>
0: so on to fight point number four. Is it hammer time? Um, Maya does come back uh, to Fisk the following day to make her decision uh, on what she's going to do. I think you mentioned in the synopsis or you mentioned earlier on, John, um, that Maya is going here to kill Fisk anyway. And then when she hears the story and has the offer from Fisk where he hands over uh, a ball peen hammer uh, this time rather than the actual hammer he used uh, (laughs) on his father but tells her it's the hammer that he used. Um, He gives the offer to her to effectively say if this is what you need to do take it um yeah i mean he
2: says you know the hammer i killed him to be free Mm. and you know free yourself free me effectively Mm. uh with with the hammer i mean so i think maya does go there to kill kingpin um you know but i think she's massively conflicted and that's what you get here you know she's just literally come from a fight with her grand mother mm-hmm. um, she she is estranged still from bonnie and keeps everyone else at a distance mm-hmm. a- unless you know she's effectively needing them and the only person possibly that she is um closer to is henry and that's because he's willing to be um, her backup for being queen pin effectively a criminal so i mean you know i think she's the, it's the battle here um and the confliction that she's got from um her family but also how that relates to kingpin in that he became her family he was her uncle you yeah. know that's how he describes her you know he says we only had each other he you know reminds her yeah. of that lesson that he loved her even mm-hmm. um and so i think there is that yes she wants to kill him to be queenpin she's aware now of this new offer and i guess with everything she decides against it mm-hmm. but i mean i think the intention was to to go there to kill him i mean yeah. the guns out she's going in you know literally the step below guns blazing yeah um in yeah. order to do it yeah. but is turned around because she's in such a state of conflict around her personal relationships really yeah. Yeah. like I they're, guess the they're step- messy is what i mean
0: yeah I, g- I guess the step is a, a step below is uh safety on would that be <laughs> i guess so <laughs> goes yeah. in
2: guns safety on um, yep. And yep. so I kind of I like I liked all this, you know. Yep.
1: I I like the overall symbolism of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's it's for the three of us, and for any of the watchers of the original Netflix Daredevil, it has way more weight and symbolism. Yep. Yeah. I think it is somewhat lost or less effective. I'm being very kind of on those who haven't watched that episode with those Netflix. My, my wife was a bit like, Hmm. Okay. That's a bit weird. I don't get the, she didn't fully understand what was going, like why it was so important. And it was just like, Oh, he's just showing a word of weapon. Um,
0: but he does say that he killed his father. Um, so would you not pick up from that, that he's telling, uh, woman that he's calling his niece that he's already killed a family member to release himself <laughs> and now giving her the opportunity to kill her family member if she needs that to release himself. I, yeah, like I, think, just, I, I know it's massively more weighty if you've watched the yeah. seven that's episodes the, it, it yes. took to re- to reveal that in Daredevil season one. But yeah. I think just the simplicity that's there where he's saying to her, I had to do this. I understand if you have to do this. He's almost freeing her from the, blame that he should have for her for shooting him in the head uh, and saying to her if you still feel this is what's necessary i'm telling you i did it before i had to do it and i'm telling you you
2: have the right to do it yeah Um, i mean i i I think it's also it's you know it, it goes back to um episode one where he is empathizing with uh maya around you know that his father died. It's in this moment that she realizes that, you know, um, mm. he turned himself, I think she says, you know, you turned a monster into a hero, i.e. you were the monster that killed your father, even though your father was also a monster, mm-hmm. um, but made it appear as though it was the same Situation as with my father, that exactly. someone else killed him, yeah. and you had to deal with it and build yourself up uh, into something that she's then looked up to. Yeah. And, um, and, and felt that's, you know, a, a big point of trust with her. So it, it, it it's that revelation here, at least for, for Maya, is the understanding that he killed his father, and you see that surprise on her. And, mm-hmm. um, and then you see him, talking about you know free yourself you know if you're going to kill me kill me with this hammer you know it's kind of poetic in that sense um and so i kind of really like that i mean the only thing i would say is with how indestructible kingpin is if he went if if maya went full force with the hammer it just. Ping off him,
0: uh, possibly. I yeah, mean, yeah.
2: It, it seems like he's had that sort of um, armor fabric woven into his skin, mm. like oh,
1: just skull now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: You know, he's pretty indestructible. But, I mean, that's his character as well. You know, he's yeah. got that almost a, a superhero type strength to him. Yeah, and um, you know, uh, to, or can be depending on the interpretation. So, yeah, exactly, um, C- comic
0: books certainly it, it is Kingpin's
2: indestructible because
0: he's massive, but um, but he doesn't have any specific. Power, but again, it's one of those ones. He always comes back. So you know, we we see it here with uh with this show where he's been shot at pretty close range through the eye, and here he is alive, yeah, uh, and asking Maya to hit him in the head with the hammer. So uh, I
2: think that's that element is there. But I I would, in terms of this story, but you know, I think Chris is right. The 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 weightiness to this, um, as such, um. You know, I and mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be there, but there is a lot more to it yeah, from exactly. that
0: Daredevil yeah. season one for yeah. sure. I think it works for for both audiences, but it's it's a shame uh, that that Kel didn't pick, didn't wasn't able to pick it up from what was on on screen here uh, between the two characters. Because I think that's it. You know, if you if you haven't seen it, hopefully it spurs you on to see it. And apparently the numbers are saying it absolutely is spurring people on to watch Daredevil uh, season one to three again. So, um, so hopefully it spurs uh, people on to to get that extra uh, kind of jump from uh, from watching uh, that, that that those seasons of Daredevil. But I think there's enough here between these two characters after the episodes we've spent with them um to see what he's offering here. Uh, but it does kinda lead on to the final point. I did split these points out a little stretch them a little further than I normally do uh to get to get a fifth point. But the fifth point really is that Maya doesn't take up his offer. She walks away from him and then leaves Tamaha
1: um yes.
0: without him. So uh Fist thinking he's done enough to uh get maya to come back to new york um with him sitting on his uh on his little Learjet, um waiting for her to arrive and uh she doesn't arrive um he gets a call in from his uh from his men saying they followed her and she's left tamaha and uh not going to be coming to the plane yeah
1: but let's say they followed her then they lost her yes and i'm like wait they lost her on a main road on her bike <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like how badly are they like he needs some new goons he really does just how like good she we, is Chris rather than how bad they are <laughs> we, we don't we don't know we don't know what happened she just kept going straight on this yeah. motorway that you could see at, for at, miles so, uh, yeah. yeah and we just at a certain point she just disappeared you mean she wasn't just further down the motorway <laughs> maybe it's like the Simpsons
0: one where they, uh, where they just turned off the lights on her on her motorbike and they're like oh my god a disappearing motorbike <laughs> <laughs> maybe Maybe it was that. But yeah, she's made her choice now. She's made her choice to uh to leave and not go back to New York. And also leave Tamar, which I thought was interesting. So um leaving the family behind, effectively, that she's just found.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, she's I,
2: going solo. Yeah.
1: She's a single echo.
2: Yes. That's a good one. Yes.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I take that. She's not an echo, 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 echo. Well, she's um, her
2: own echo chamber.
1: Not... Oh, oh, that's even better. Well done. There you go. There you
0: go. But it does end off, uh, the episode with, um, Fisk punching through his own, um, his own jet, punching through the, the, the flimsy walls of his own jet. Uh, hopefully he doesn't, uh, hit one of the outside walls, uh, cause I guess I couldn't fly with a hole in the side of it from, uh, from oh, a punch yeah. from Fisk. Um is there any other notes, any other points from the episode you guys wanted to, wanted to pull out or talk about that we haven't talked about?
1: No, nothing major for me.
0: No,
2: I'm all good. Thanks.
0: I just had two quick things uh to bring up. One was about the music. Uh in the episode, I really liked the use of uh Let's Go Down, um, a song that I remember really well from my brother we're at right there. I uh, thought it was used really oh, well yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. in the episode here as, as Maya's uh, going through the going through uh Tamaha. Uh it was really good. We got Biscuits back, he wasn't in uh last episode, but a really interesting moment because um it kind of came out of nowhere. It's the other guy that he is working with, I think, um, effectively shows him to an entire junkyard field full of car parts uh which give him the ability to fix
2: uh chula's truck yes. um, anything so, that the sun touches yeah
0: i thought it was
2: i thought it was really nice i like but that and why i'm it was sure a reference time. to something else and i can't quite remember it the lion king it is the lion king it's yes the lion exactly king. very That's good it. Yeah. very
0: good um but why did not he do that before uh biscuits uh put his ps4 into the pawn shop because he was sitting in the same room as he was calling out to all the truckers Maybe going, he feels does guilty. anybody want a PS4?
2: <laughs> he might feel guilty that he had to do that. Yeah. So in the end, it's gone. There you go. Here is your here is your kingdom of junk. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Uh, good stuff. That's it for
0: our coverage of Echo Episode 4, Talala. John, what did you think overall? Do you defend this episode?
2: Yeah, I really, really enjoyed it again. I, I just think it's really kind of nuanced stuff here and I, I'm really down for it. Um I'd give this four and a half Kingpin ninety nines with sprinkles uh, out of five. Um I just really liked sort of um it in a sense it's just the messiness of Meyer's life. And this is where it all comes up, whether it is, you know, that mess with Henry mm-hmm. or with Chula, um, with kingpin now you know the one thing where the bedrock and um, the person that actually um who seemingly didn't abandon her mm-hmm. um, that's all up in the air now that has questions over because of hawkeye and m- remains so um and you you know you have nothing resolved here with chula with bonnie where even with um you know, Henry apologizes for leaving her alone in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he is kind of the one most connected back with Maya, but it's simply as or what seemingly to help her become Queen Pin. Mm. You know, he's, he's willing to, um, you know, he gives her that advice. He's, he's the one where the door is most ajar. Yes. For a reconciliation, or at least that's already started. And I like how it's just all this mess and it's that contrast to the, the stories uh, that Tula gives you know the explanation around it ec- the you know the, the these ancestors um their abilities um their their teachings and how they echo through those generations mm-hmm, to exactly. to help were needed so um I just really really enjoy um enjoyed this episode uh so yeah four and a half kingpin ninety nines with sprinkles ninety nines <laughs> being a, an ice cream cone with vanilla ice cream and a big flake um, or it used to be a big flake. It is. And you would either ask for raspberry sauce to be poured over it or mm. maybe sprinkles. Or maybe just plain. Or both. Yeah. Yeah, or both. And you always got the chocolate stick in there. Oh, thing. no, of course. No, 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 but, but That's either sprinkles or raspberry? Yeah, exactly. exactly. You have to get the flake in there. Um, yeah, yeah. Although the flake, it used to be actual flakes and now it must be, I th- I think it's kind of like cast off flakes. They don't taste yeah. as, <laughs> they don't taste as good as a flake. <laughs> there you go. The crumbliest yeah. flakiest chocolate in Calvary's the world. <laughs> oh,
0: no, they're just around the corner, John. You can go and ask them. <laughs> Bang uh, on their door. Chris, how about yourself. Do you defend this episode of Echo?
1: I do. I do. I I think there there's definitely it sets up the overall series well in terms of the finale, mm-hmm. um, and it it sets up the potential future if that's make makes sense of what Echo can be or could be, um, but at the same point does also kind of yeah it it feels rushed in places. Oh like, okay. I, again, it just for me it it just I think these episodes range from this kind of 50 minutes down to, like, these 30 minuters. um, And just, for me, it's it's this weird... I was like, I could have done with, like, another five or two... Like, actually, I don't you know what it actually is. I think very much the scene with Chula and Maya, for mm-hmm. me, that, like, I just could have, like, an extra five minutes on that. Just, yeah. like, right. really diving deep into them, um, the history of the echoing through time that type of thing, really just giving that really its moment to breathe. It just felt sandwiched between these very kind of weighty points and kind of other scenes as well. So it just moved very quickly. Um, But overall, I really, really enjoyed it and I defend it. What about yourself, Derek? Do you defend this episode of Echo?
0: I absolutely defend this episode. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think that they're doing something really different here with Echo um, and it's really part of her character they have to have face-to-face scenes with Maya Lopez and her family or Kingpin in in this case. So having to have that means that they have to do something different to all the other Marvel shows, all the other superhero shows that are out there. It means she has to be present in the room talking to her grandmother and have that face-to-face reaction. It means Kingpin has to make an offer to her and she has to come back and discuss what's going on with Kingpin. Um, Those kind of things are really good because traditionally in a superhero show, what happens? You meet your bad guy, he beats her, she gets extra powers, comes back and beats him and that's it. That's that's your story for every single superhero show. Whereas here, she has the conversations, they have the weight and meaning behind them of their connections. And in terms of her family, you have the weight and connections of the ancestors and what they're bringing to Maya, how the family connections have built out over generations. You know those stories, how they're told here in Echo, makes this interesting and different uh, as a show, and I'm really enjoying uh, how it's being presented. I think the cast are fantastic. I really, really yeah. think they're they're got all on their A game um when they're all when they're all together. And that scene, yeah, w- once again, that scene with Chula and, uh, and Maya was probably the best in the episode because you had them explaining the history to each other of what you know what should be happening from Chula's point of view and what really did happen from Maya's point of view. I thought that was uh, really well played, so like it. Good stuff. like it. I think we need to go and grab a bottle of wine and not pour it down the sink, John.
2: <laughs> and most definitely. Yes, fellow quizzes, fellow defenders, welcome to... The North American bar quiz. Um, it is, <laughs> you change it every week. I can't change the name every week. It's just <laughs> it, a bar quiz. We are on to question four for this series. So here we go. What day of the week do Kingpin and Maya have their Sunday dinner while in Tamaha? Excellent.
0: Excellent. Good. Good one. I like that. Um So we didn't talk about we didn't have the wine question, no. but we do have it about the Sunday dinner in Tamaha. Good stuff. That's the fourth question of five for our Echo Bar Quiz. Uh, all you need to do is put together all the answers. Email us into feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com at the end of the series. And we will be giving away some Echo goodies uh,
2: to the winner of the bar quiz. John, do you want to give the question one more time? Sure. What day of the week do Kingpin and Maya have their Sunday dinner in Tamaha? Remember, only six options for you. Absolutely. So not Sunday.
0: (laughs) There's another hint, John. Spoiler. I like it. Uh, Good stuff. Let's see what our fellow defenders had to say. Uh, First up, we got an email in from Coffee and Vodka who says, Greetings, fellow daddy-dissing defenders. A deep one, this was. A choice between two offers she can't refuse, the self-discovery in between, and her seemingly denying both. He'd have had me at cookies. I wonder how much of this was inspired by the Buffy Mythos, one woman a generation to take up the mantle of hero. Finally, it was great to see Willie for a full episode. Four dinners with Andre, the Giant, Echo Explanations, and Hammer Times out of five. Peace and take care, coffee and vodka. Great stuff. Yeah, it really was good to see Wilson Fisk in for an entire episode. You know, we, we mentioned at the end of uh, at the end of episode three um Wilson Fisk coming in silently, not saying anything just for that. Yeah. Little moment at the end. Obviously, the first episode we just saw him waking back up or still being alive from the, uh, from the bullet wound. Um, but here, this is absolutely an episode of Vincent D'Onofrio front and center, right?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, it's, it's great having him, uh, in, you know, that Vincent D'Onofrio really superb here mm-hmm. again. Um, it's a character just made for him. Um, I think. And, yeah. uh, yeah, I love, As you say, uh, Coffee and Vodka, you know, I think this episode is a real deep one with the choices, the conflict that occur in terms of, you know, how ultimately um, Maya sort of takes on both those offers, really. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Excellent. Yeah, and I like the idea that it's similar to the Buffy mythos, the the one slayer generation. Um, Yeah. So this idea that Maya could be the generational power uh, in this current generation.
2: I like that. Yeah, excellent stuff. Thanks, Coffee and Vodka.
1: Yep, thanks, Alfie and Vodka. Over on Facebook, we have some feedback from Patrick Lemke, who had this to say: "Strange how they used a different hammer than the one Fisk used in the Daredevil show flashbacks, since the back of the hammers don't match. I guess he didn't hold on to that one after all those decades and just got a new one to set an example, so that he could give it to Maya. (laughs) Continuity error or subtle context? You be the judge." I like it. I'm going not even continuity error or a subtle context. I'm going multiverse.
0: I love that he, like uh, <laughs> for Patrick's explanation, all that has to happen is he just goes down to a local hardware store and picks up a different hammer. For ours, there has to be a new multiverse creation. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's even keeping Very
2: it different. in a lined box. Mm, yeah. But, Technically, if it's a murder weapon, there'll be some part of the DNA still on there these days that could be extracted and link him to his father's murder.
0: I was just trying to remember back because we, uh, you know, we did say we've been watching season one of Daredevil, but I was just trying to remember back as to whether he, he did keep, um, the murder weapon, because I know they disposed of the body in the Hudson, right? That was the whole thing. They cut the body up, and over weeks, um, the body was was dropped into the Hudson. Uh, but I thought along with the murder weapon, I don't remember the murder weapon. it might have come back in in season two or season three, uh, but I don't remember him keeping it. So, um, did he have it and pride a place in his office uh, throughout all of these years, or did he just buy a hammer to represent the hammer that he killed his father?
1: Could be just a, it was very clean. Let's just say he bought a new one
0: because, as it was you say, representational. John, yeah. Exactly. Cause as you say, John, it does feel like, uh, keeping that weapon around, um, since it caused him so much trouble, keeping yeah. that weapon around might be, uh, a bit, a bit of a bad idea. It's
2: maybe just symbolic, you know, yeah. ultimately, um, the, the new Fisk family crest has just got a big mallet on it. Just a mallet on it or a hammer on it. Yes.
0: <laughs> Good stuff.
2: Yeah. Thanks, Patrick. Uh, Also on Facebook, Dr. Bob Phillips says, Overall, I think this episode tried to set the pieces clearly for the finale, but somehow didn't knit as well for me. The flashbacks to Maya's childhood, including her mystical birth in the woods, didn't massively add to what we knew about her. Perhaps for some who have not been listening to your podcast, they needed the echoing of generations to be stated. Felt a bit heavy handed, and the choice to reject rather than follow a pattern of violence may be too predictable. On the other hand, it could all be because the idea of an ASL contact lens AI system is just a sucker for raging corneal infections and blindness. You've got to take the lenses out and clean them, kids. <laughs> uh, Dr. Bob, thank you so much for that advice. Yes, like contact lenses, curse or cure. Um, uh, look, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I when- have the disposable ones, so I just, like, whip them out a la Wilson Fisk and sort of bin them. But can you
0: imagine if you had to put the ASL technology into each individual daily uh, contact lens? Like well, that'd be quite expensive. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. absolutely! <laughs> so he created one, gave it to mayor, No replacements. No, uh, no. Um, yeah,
2: it's, it's just, just for billionaires. solution to clean
0: them, or anything yeah, just like for that. billionaires. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But still, if you're a billionaire, you don't want to have corneal
2: infections, right? Or do you? <laughs> or do? You? Well, <laughs> I don't know. I guess it'd be better if it was specs. You know, exactly. Then you've got the interface. Yeah. Uh, I guess that makes more sense. Oh, well, sure. You know. I thought it was cool. But yes, a, a raging corneal uh, infection wouldn't be. Um no. it's just, but thanks, Dr. Bob. And no. um, also it's just to say so that those flashbacks in this on are for the birth of Maya's mother yes. to lower, not Maya herself. And I, I, I think you're right. it's I think it's setting it up, but I still think in terms of how that story relates to her mother is not really finished here mm. um i'm guessing it will be in the final episode um for sure
0: yeah absolutely i'm sorry it di- sorry it didn't work for you uh dr bob i guess uh let's see how the finale works um when all the pieces are actually tied back together um in the end um i, I do feel like it was building towards this and, and i probably did need an episode to say um every this is how all the previous flashbacks relate to your main character you know I, I did i i thought it was necessary but probably more necessary when you're watching it on a week-to-week basis than if you're watching it all back to back and in a five episode um, dump uh the way that they uh the disney plus did it so um so i do think it was essential but i think the acting was probably what uh really made this a special episode for me
1: who needs dumps when you can do weekly mm?
0: absolutely Thanks so much, Dr. Bob. And thanks, everybody, for your feedback for Absolutely. the episode. Yeah, uh, you can email us with your thoughts on the finale of Echo2Feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. Or you can pop on over to our website and leave a voicemail there if you'd like to. You can also pop on over to our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash tvpodcastindustries where you can uh, leave your feedback on the spoiler post over there. Or head over and follow us on threads at tvpodcastindustries uh, so we can make Twitter our ex.
1: Still love that. Still love that. I know.
0: I think it's getting worse. Unless, of course, TV podcast industry is really popular within the sex worker industry. Um well, I, yeah, because that absolutely. seems to be the only people that are following and liking on Twitter. I've got,
2: yeah. I've got the yeah, the the random sort of uh, followers back again. Yeah, um, yeah, which are just bots, effectively. Yeah, That's but all every they time are. I report something, and then I just get botted. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Wait, are you telling me uh George Orb A twelve five A three twelve <laughs> 4, 8, is not a real person? Oh, no, weirdly. <laughs> <laughs> he weirdly. loved all my posts and then told me about this amazing crypto piece. Mm, yeah. What a shock. Told me I was the only person because we're such good friends.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a disaster. Let's get rid of it. Good stuff. <laughs>
1: if you did enjoy what you hear and you want to support us, don't forget and you can head on patreon.com slash tv podcast industries where you can support us for any ongoing monthly amount or if you want to do a one-off donation why not head to com slash tvpi where you can support us for a one-off donation and just keep derek in some caffeine as he toils away the wee hours editing the show
0: absolutely we've got lots and lots more stuff coming up uh this year on tv podcast industries we've been doing uh obviously echo on a weekly basis but uh, we are going to be going into uh the bad batch uh season three the final season of star wars the bad batch which will be coming up uh, later this month or later in in february um that starts off with three episodes Mhm. Um. and we are happy to announce we're also going to be doing another show myself and john are going to be taking on showgun from fx which starts with two massive epic episodes coming out on the 28th of february um that is a huge show yeah absolutely and it's going to be really fun to talk about uh we have watched um six episodes of the show yeah and we can definitely say now we uh we Highly recommend going to watch this if you're interested in any way in Japanese culture or if you're interested and in history, in yeah, history. absolutely, yeah, yeah,
2: uh, and indeed, like, certainly off the back of the Blue Eyed Samurai. Oh, yeah, uh, then so, as well, it's kind of you know, in a sense, similar era. Um, of, you say similar
0: shogun set in 1600, and uh, Blue Eyed Samurai set in 1603, so well, it's, then it's the same <laughs> era, it's as yeah. close as possible yeah. as you can get,
2: um, and uh, yeah, so. Yep. Looking forward to that. I really enjoyed uh, seeing these screeners. Yeah, it's going to be cool.
1: And if you enjoy the mature-rated TV podcast industries and the mature-rated content that we follow, well, good news, because Invincible Season 2 Part 2 is coming. In March, mm-hmm.
0: yes, myself and Chris will be back covering uh covering that in March as well. Yeah, really looking forward yes. to that. And I'll be just watching it, exactly, and enjoying yes. it. We might yeah. sub you in again, like we had to last time, Yeah,
1: exactly. We'll <laughs> so
0: see
2: you have to keep up to date. <laughs> is my point. Yeah.
1: Uh, I'm don't, I don't,
2: I don't gonna <laughs> do all the work without the
1: reward. Well, yeah, yeah. good stuff. <laughs> the work is the reward. Remember, <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly, exactly. On to work. Thanks so much for joining us. Talk to you again next time.
1: Thanks, guys. Speak
2: soon. Yeah, thank you so much, fellow defenders, uh, for joining us until the final episode of Echo. Keep watching, keep listening, and, of course, keep defending. Bye. Bye. Mind those contacts. Bye.